Hey, what's going on, Victory family? Welcome to Soul Hunger Part Three. Look, before we go any further, I just want to take a second. I want to thank you for continuing to be a faithful church and a generous church. We have continued to be able to see the mission of Victory Church continue, even though we're meeting online. We have seen our circles continue to flourish. We have seen us been able to be able to be involved in our community, and you continue to be faithful and generous. And I'm so glad that our church is moving forward during this time. Hey, this series has been very good for me. I hope it's been good for you. And I want to tell you that week one and week two, they were definitely important. They were the foundational focuses. But week three today and week four are my favorite because we're going a little bit deeper and something that we don't often talk about as much in the church. So let me again just give you kind of a quick update. We're in a series called Soul Hunger. And the series is based off of Matthew 16, verse 26, where Jesus says, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world, but then to lose his soul? And the whole idea was that is, is what good is it for you and I to kind of return to a version of normal, right? Where we're getting back to work, we're getting back to eating at restaurants, we're getting back to shopping at Target, right? We're getting back to all of those normal things. But what good would it be to get all of that lined back up and yet not focus on our soul? What good would it be to return to all of that and yet in the meantime, our soul be unhealthy? And so we've kind of been going after this question. What is the blueprint of a healthy soul? What does that look like? Week one, we talked about having a happy soul and how in order right off the bat, step one is to return to a right relationship with God and that makes our soul happy. Last week, we talked about having a quiet soul and how we quiet our soul in a noisy world. And we do that by monitoring what we let in, right? Uh, I went to the gym. I've been going to the gym. And when you get there, they're taking your temperature. They're having you wash your hands, answer all these questions. You're going through all of these check-in processes before you can enter. And it's important for us to do that to the content of our soul so that we can make sure that the condition of our soul is healthy. And this week, we're going to look at the 43rd Psalm. And we're going to, David kind of sets us up with something by the way he's acting. And I want to really dive deep into this. So here we go. Psalm 43. We're going to look at verses one through five. We'll read it and then I'll kind of explain it a little bit. David starts off, vindicate me, my God, and plead my cause against an unfaithful nation. Rescue me from those who are deceitful and wicked. Watch this. You are God, my stronghold, right? Positive, encouraging. And then watch this. Why have you rejected me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? Send me your light and your faithful care. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy mountain, to the place where you dwell. Watch this. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God my joy and my delight, right? Positive again. I will praise you, O God, my God. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior, and my God. When we read that, it's kind of funny because you see David kind of on a roller coaster of emotions, right? One moment he's up, my God, my God. Next minute, why have you forsaken me, right? He's just stable and then he loses it, right? You just kind of see up and down, up and down. My God is my stronghold. Why is my soul downcast? And the more I read that, I couldn't help but think, am I the only one that can relate to what David's talking about? Am I the only one that one minute I'm up and the next minute I'm down. One second, I believe God is my foundation and God is my stronghold. And the next minute you can find me in the corner in the fetal position, 
right? Is anybody else like that? Like one second, we're all stable and the next minute we're unstable. And here was the thought I had, and here's what I really want to talk about today, is the fact that when it comes to our souls, our souls are emotional, right? Our souls are emotional. One moment we're up, one moment we're down. And we're going to talk about that today. But before we go any further, I want you to put the title of my sermon in the chat. You ready? Right there where you can comment, put it. Here we go. Set me free from my feelings. That's what I want to happen to us today. I want us to be set free from our feelings. So so I had this question as I was prepping for this sermon. I kind of had this question for God, and I'll set it up for you, and then we'll kind of break it down. Here was my question. God, what am I supposed to do about my sensitive soul, right? My soul's emotional. One moment I'm up, one moment I'm down, one moment I'm stable, one moment I'm unstable. Sometimes I'm angry. Sometimes I'm sad. Sometimes I'm happy. Sometimes I'm fulfilled. God, that's just up and down. And what am I supposed to do about my sensitive soul? If we really want to have a healthy soul, then we're going to have to understand that our soul is sensitive and we have to be able to approach it knowing that. And I feel like the Lord kind of gave me a couple of thoughts that I want to turn around and give you today. All right. So when you ask, God, what am I supposed to do about my soul being so sensitive? Here we go. Number one is this, understanding that our emotions make good companions, but they make terrible leaders. When it comes to your soul being sensitive, your emotions make good companions, but they make terrible leaders. Let's break that down a little bit. I think if we were honest, we all enjoy sometimes being in our feelings, right? There's there's just moments where it's good to be in our feelings. I'll, I'll set up some examples based off my life. There are certain movies that I watch and I just enjoy being in my feelings. There's a feeling I get when I watch the Avengers Endgame and Infinity Wars and the whole Thanos battle and the moment where Captain America's like, Avengers, assemble! And there's all these emotions in me, like I'm I'm just ready to fight hell with a water pistol. You know what I mean? Like I'm just ready to go at it. And I just, I like those emotions. I, I've got movies, there's this movie I watched with Robert Downey Jr. called The Judge. And it's got this whole son and father complex and it gets me really emotional and I cry every time. I'll watch it. It's just, I it's just enjoy being in my emotions. How about this? How many of you are competitive? If you're competitive, give me that muscle. Give me, give me that bicep uh, emoji real quick. If you're a competitive person, and if you're competitive, you're gonna be a little angry, right? Right. In order for you to be good and be competitive, you gotta have a little fire to you. You gotta gotta be able to get a little angry. And, and even though it may seem like you hate everybody else when you're on the field, it's that competitive spirit that makes you go hard. It's just fun being in your feelings. I'll give you another concept, and that is what music can do to you. I, I, I love music, and I love music of all genres. I like rap music. I like, you know, some country music. I, I like, you know, I, I like blues. I like it all. But there are times, if you catch me at night where I have to clean the kitchen, I'll, I'll open the slide of glass door and kind of let the cool air in, and I'll put on some certain music, and I'll just get in my feelings. I've got some Chris Stapleton songs that I like to listen to that just get me in my feelings. I'll give you one, a classic, and only only really musically gifted people will get this, but there's a song by somebody named Tracy Chapman called Fast Car, and man, I'll put Fast Car on, and I'll be doing the dishes, and I'll, I'll just be all in my feelings. You know what I mean? Do you have that? Do you have that song or that movie, or, or maybe some of you, you can't play Uno because you're too competitive. You know what I mean? Draw four. So you just there's just moments where your feelings 
are good. But that's what I mean by they can be good companions, but they are terrible leaders, right? Let's go back to the Psalm, Psalm 43, verse five. And David says this, why my soul are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? And then watch this. It is kind of a twist. Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. David starts off, watch this, talking about his soul. My soul is downcast. He's talking about his soul. Then he ends talking to his soul. Put your hope in God. See that? So he starts off talking about it. Oh, my soul is downcast. But he ends talking to his soul. There's times where we're talking about our feelings and we have to start talking to our feelings. Watch this. David is leading his emotions instead of letting his emotions lead him. See what I'm saying? David is leading his emotions. He's telling his soul, put your hope in God. So he's leading those emotions instead of allowing his emotions to lead him. If we were going to be really honest for a second, a lot of us wake up in the morning and we let our emotions tell us how we're going to feel today, right? We wake up and we sit on the edge of the bed and we go, all right, how do I feel today? Do, do I feel happy? Do I feel sad? How do I feel today? And we let those feelings lead the day. Some of us let social media lead the day based off of what we look at. What's the news saying? How many likes did I get? Did anybody message me? What's going on? We let that decide how we're going to feel today. We let other people decide how we're going to feel. How does my spouse, how do my kids react? What is my boss doing? What is my friend saying? We let those people decide how we are going to feel today. We're allowing everything else to lead our feelings. When David's saying, we need to lead our feelings. I heard an author put it like this. She said that our emotions are the voice of our soul. Now, that sounds really good. I, I'm, I can't say that it's true or not true. But if it is, if, if our feelings and our emotions are the voice of our soul, that's fine. But we cannot let it have the final word. Do you get that? The, our emotions can be the voice of our soul but they're not allowed to have the final word. Your feelings, they can't have the final word in your marriage. They can't. You can't say things like, well, I don't feel like being the first to apologize. That's allowing your feelings to lead your marriage. You can't say, well, I don't feel like doing that. That's allowing your emotions to lead your marriage. That can't, They can't have the final word. You can't let your feelings lead your ability to parent your kids, right? You, you can't, well, I felt like yelling at them. You can't let those feelings lead. Well, I felt like doing that. You just can't, we can't allow our feelings to lead our health, right? I don't feel like going to the gym. I'll tell you what, the other day I was in Publix and I saw that the donuts, the little hostess donuts, little, little bitty circle ones, were buy one, get one free, which is a sign from God that, that you should be able to, you know, it's more manna. It's like God taking the fish and bread and multiplying it. So I went to it and I was like, you know, I feel like getting some donuts. But then I said, I can't let my feelings lead me. What I'm not telling you is there was this new limited edition kind that was the powdered donuts, but they were lemon. And so I had to get those because they were limited edition, right? But what I'm telling you is that if I let my feelings lead me, instead of going to the gym every day, I just sit at home and eat every bag of powdered donuts that they have. I can't let my feelings lead, right? That's, that's the idea that we're getting, whether it's my career, my marriage, my, my ability to parent, my health, my feelings can be companions, 
right? There's times where I need my feelings in my marriage. There's times where I need my feelings when it comes to parenting my kids. There's times where I need my feelings when it comes to my health and my career. What's unhealthy is when I begin to allow those same feelings to be the leader as opposed to just being a companion. That's why David said, I'm not going to let my feelings lead me. I'm going to lead my feelings. I'll give you another way that I wrote it down. And if, if you're writing, taking notes, if you're putting bullet points in your phone, do this because this is a powerful one. You ready? Here we go. Let's stop entertaining our feelings and start interrogating our feelings. Okay? Let's stop entertaining them and start interrogating them. Let me show you what I mean. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5 says this. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Now, you may have read that verse before, but listen, right there, that word thought, when you look up the Greek of it, it's the word noema. And that word noema is the same word they use in Greek for our word soul and feelings. All right, so now let's rewind and let's read it like this. And we take captive every feeling, we take captive every soul and make it obedient to Christ. Here, here's what the author is saying here. When you wake up in the morning, don't say, how do I feel today? And whatever that feeling hits, oh, it's a Monday, that's how I feel. Oh, it's Saturday, that's how I feel. Oh, it's 6 a.m., that's how I feel. Oh, oh, it's 10 a.m. That Instead of allowing your feelings to lead you, take those feelings captive and begin to interrogate them. Darla and I are big fans of a show called 24. And, and since everybody's been home a lot recently, Darla and I actually started watching it again from season one. And I just love it. There's a character named Jack Bauer who works in the anti-terrorist department. And he's, you know, anytime that he's got a terrorist or a bad guy and he needs information and that guy doesn't want to give him information, they always put him in the interrogation room and stuff gets serious. But ever since I've read that verse, when I see scenes like that, I try to imagine me in a room with my feelings and interrogating them. Can you see that? Like, like you're upset. What do you have to be upset about? You feel lonely. Why do you feel lonely? Instead of just letting it, oh, you're insecure. Why are you insecure? Instead of just letting those feelings lead and walking out of your house going, well, this is just how I'm going to feel today. No, before you even get out of the bed, stop and say, why are you here? Interrogate the feelings. Take them captive. Watch this. And then what did it say? Make it obedient to Christ. What does that mean? That means turn around and say, Jesus, should I be feeling this way? Is, is, there, is there legitimacy behind me being lonely? Is there legitimacy behind me being anxious? Behind me being depressed? Behind me being fearful? Is there legitimacy there? Or is this feeling a terrorist, right? Did the enemy send this feeling and to try to distract me from what you're doing in my life? And is my responsibility as a Christian to take it captive and to make it submissive to you and the word of God and say, that's not going to lead me today, right? That may be the feeling I had, but that's not the truth. And so therefore I'm gonna go in this direction, right? I'm ready to preach this, okay? So I hope you need to be off the couch right now if you're driving, pull over, because we're about to go somewhere. So you're starting to get the idea that your feelings can be companions, but they better not be the leader. Because once they're the leader, right, they start to take you in the direction that God doesn't have set aside for you. So what does that mean? 
right, if we're going to do that, if we're going to, if we're going to not allow our feelings to lead, what does that look like? Here's what that looks like. Number two, our soul needs an anchor. Our soul needs an anchor. Now we're going to go a little deep in this, so get ready. Hebrews chapter six, we're going to read just three verses, 17, 18, 19. It says, God made a promise. He wanted to show Abraham that he would never change his mind, so he made the promise in his own name. God gave these two things that cannot be changed, and watch this, God cannot lie. We who have turned to him can have great comfort knowing that he will do what he has promised. And here's the verse, you ready? This hope, the hope of God's promises, is a safe anchor for our souls. Do you see that? The, the hope of the word of God, the promises that God has made us in his scripture are anchors for our soul. That's the word of God. About six or seven months ago, one of Darla's friends was having a birthday, maybe longer, maybe a year ago, but Darla's friend is having a birthday and we rented this like pontoon boat type thing and we went out onto Piercy Priest Lake. And we're out there and we're just enjoying it. Her family's there and her husband's there and we're just having a good time. And we're about in the middle of the lake or so. And we all decide that we're going to jump into the lake and swim. So everybody starts jumping off. It's one of those boats where you can jump off the top of it. And we're, we're diving in. We're just having a good old time. And everybody's swimming. And, and somebody just happens to look up and realize that now the boat looks significantly further away from us. Like we were swimming right beside it. And now it's 10 or 15 feet away. And so one of the guys swims and gets on the boat and starts it up and kind of drives it back over to where we are, puts it in park, turns it off, jumps back in the water. We're swimming for another 10, 15, 20 minutes. We look up again and the boat's gone again, another 20, you know, 15, 20 feet. And what was happening is we didn't put the anchor in for the boat. And so as the wind is blowing, that boat's just being pushed with it. So finally, somebody said, hey, get on the boat and put the anchor down, right? So somebody got on the boat, took the anchor, dropped the anchor, and then no matter what happened, when the wind blew it, it would go a little bit, but that anchor kept it where it was. What does that mean for us? Can I, can I just set you free for a second? Your feelings are fickle. Your feelings are fickle. And what you need is a solid foundation for your soul. There has to be this anchoring system for us that when our feelings come, we don't get blown by the wind, right? There has to be some, I, I'm, I'm going to be real honest with you for a second. I had a lot of Christian friends that once the COVID-19 thing hit, they began to panic in a way that made me wonder, had they ever read scripture before in their life? You, you could tell that there was no real anchor for their soul. They had said things, right? Faith-filled things before. But when that happened, when that wind began to blow, they just went with it, all the way with it. And that's one of the best signs for us in seeing that our feelings are fickle. Because when one minute we're happy and one minute we're sad and one minute we're angry and one minute we're not, the wind is just blowing us wherever it wants to go. If we had a bad day today, then we're angry. If we have a good day tomorrow, then we're happy. And not only is that unstable, but watch this, it makes everyone around us feel unstable when they're around us because they don't know what to expect. Are we going to be happy? Are we going to be sad? Are we going to be mad? Because we just blow with the wind. And what that's telling me, watch this, is that there is a tension between what we know and how we feel. Did you catch that? There's this tension between what we know and how we feel. And if we're not 
literally in the word of God, allowing the promises of God to be the very anchor that we need, then we're just going to blow with the wind. And we're going to continue to follow how we feel instead of standing on what we know. Many of you know this that are a part of the Victory family, but my my daughter, Veda's 10, recently had uh, an inner inner interaction with the dog. She, she kind of got attacked by a dog. She, she's great. God protected her, but she did get bitten and it did cause, you know, some psychological issues. And so she still has some fear when she's around dogs, especially immediately and big dogs and things like that. And one day we're in the backyard area of our house and we live in some townhouses. And so in the backyard, you can see the backyard of multiple townhouses. And we're out there, we're throwing the Frisbee, me and her and, and my wife and our, our youngest daughter. And all of a sudden, this dog starts to bark, and immediately you see Veda. She, she, you know, she drops the frisbee. Her, her eyes, you know, kind of lock on us. Like, what do I do? And I look to where the sound of the barking is coming from, and you can see the dogs in the house. He's just barking out of the back window. So what I know is that that dog cannot get to her. So, so I say, Hey, Veda, stop! Look, I point her attention to it. So that dog's in the house. So that dog cannot get to you. That was what. She, that's what I knew. And that's what now she knew. But she had all of these feelings that she didn't know what to do with. And so she took off running and went back in the house. You see that tension? She knew the dog couldn't get to her, but she got overwhelmed by what she felt. Listen to me. Her feelings are justified. I think some of us just need to hear that. Your, your feelings are justified, but she still allowed them to control her. That's, that's the difference. That's what the Word of God is trying to help us with. Your feelings are justified. It's okay to feel mad. It's okay to feel anxious. It's okay to feel sad. That, that, that's justified. That happened to you. Your feelings are justified. What we're trying to stop is allowing those feelings to then take the lead and control us from that point forward. What we want to do is be able to have the feelings, but then say, what if Veda would have said, well, I feel this way. And I could have said, your feelings are justified. Something happened to you that created those feelings. Those feelings are fine. But what do you know? Well, I know that that dog can't get to me. There you go. You have the feelings, but you don't allow the feelings to take control. You allow what you know to take control. Listen to me. We got to get to a place to where what we know overcomes how we feel. Does that make sense? That's the anchor. That's the word of God. The word of God is the promises of God that gives us the truth and the knowledge of what we know to help us overcome how we feel. Come on, I'm setting you free. Are you listening? If we will read the word of God, if we will put those promises in our hearts and in our minds, it becomes what we know so that it can overcome how we feel. About a week and a half or so ago, the Lord gave me a word. And, and I've kind of shared this with you from a different perspective before, but I have been waiting to put this on video for you to listen to. And you better, if, if you have, if, if you've had got some distractions, remove them, get your notepads, get ready, because we're about to go somewhere that I promise you is going to be something you can implement and it's going to help you moving forward. If you're somebody who says, I got a sensitive soul. My soul is, I'm emotional. I'm up one moment, a moment, I'm down one moment. I'm being swayed by the wind. The media says this and I go that way. Social media says that and I go this way. If that's you, you need to listen to this because what I'm about to tell you, you can implement and it can literally change your 
life. I'm about to show you how to allow the presence of God to be an anchor for your soul. It starts right here in Matthew chapter 3, verse 17. Now, what's happened is Jesus is about to start his ministry. He's about to start all of the miracles that we've seen. He's about to, you know, start the process of preparing for the cross and all these different things. And before he does, he gets baptized in water by John the Baptist, okay? So he, he gets in the water, John baptizes him, and the Bible says that as he's coming out of the water, a dove ascends, and then it says that the voice of God declares this over him. You ready? Here's what it says. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love, with him I am well pleased. This is my son whom I love, and with him I am well pleased. God spoke three things over Jesus, and if you're part of Victor, you know we've talked about this before. He spoke um, affection, acceptance, and affirmation. He affirmed him. He accepted him. I, he is my son, acceptance. I love him, affection, and I'm well-pleased, affirmation. That's what God spoke over him, all right? So listen to me. Here's what you need to be thinking about every day when you read the Bible. The theme of the Bible, the scriptures, when you wake up in the morning and you begin to read, it's those three things. It's affection, affirmation, and acceptance. That's all throughout the Bible. God affirming you, right? That you are a child of God. God accepting you that you are a royal priesthood and God showing you his affection, that he loves you. That's what we, listen, when we're reading the Bible on a daily basis, if you wake up, that's what you're getting every day. And if we're not reading that, we're not getting that knowledge, that's what we don't know. And therefore our feelings are able to lead. Okay, now let's go a little bit deeper. So first of all, write that down. The theme of the Bible is affection, acceptance, and affirmation. Next, watch this. Where was Jesus going after his baptism? Do you know? He was going into the wilderness for, for 40 days of temptation. So what God knew is that my child is about to get up and go into an atmosphere of temptation. So before he does, I need to remind him of these things. I need to remind him of affection and affirmation and acceptance, because if I don't remind him of what he knows, then he will go in there and be controlled by how he feels. Come on. Did you get that? If I don't remind him of what he knows, then he will go into that wilderness and he will be influenced by how he feels. All right. Now, here's the question for you. When do you wake up and go into an atmosphere of temptation? In case you couldn't answer it, every day. Every day you wake up and you go into the wilderness and you face temptation. And so if Jesus needed to, all right, if Jesus needed to be reminded of what he knew so that he would not go into temptation and fall to how he feels, why do you think that we don't need the same thing? We need to wake up and be reminded of what we know so that we can overcome how we feel. If we are reminded that God's accepted us and affirmed us and of his affection for us, if we're reminded of what we know, then we can overcome how we feel. I hope, I hope this word is doing for you what it did for me. I have this emotional soul and I'm so easily swayed by my emotions. And so what do I do about it? Right off the bat, I got to learn how to steward those emotions, that they can be companions, but they can't be leaders right? I got to be able to take those emotions and interrogate them. I got to be able to find out who sent you and why are you here? And then I got to be able to compare it to what I know. 
And what I know is that God loves me. And what I know is that God has a plan for me and that God's going to finish what he started. These are the things that I know. And when I stand on what I know, I will not be overcome by how I feel. That's what he did with Jesus. And that's what he's doing with you and with me is reminding us that, hey, every day when you wake up, you need to be reminded of what you know. This, this is the anchor of our soul. If you're feeling some way, you need to run to the anchor, right? If you wake up and don't wake up and say, how should I feel today? Don't do that. Open the word of God and say, how should I feel today? What do I know so that what I know can influence how I feel? I, I want to leave you with a thought real quick and then we'll pray. I have a good friend. You see her every week in the worship team, Bree. And, and during one time we were talking and Bree shared with me something she does every day. She calls it these declarations. And so before she even starts her day, she speaks these declarations kind of over her life, you know, before she goes into work and before she begins her day. And I, the day she told me that, it's like a light bulb went off in my head. And then I started to put this message and what was in my heart on paper. And as I'm writing it out, I'm like, Bree is literally living what I'm preaching to you. She's literally waking up and before anything else happens, she might get her coffee, that's okay. But before anything else happens, she says, what do I know? Now look, I asked her to give it to me. So I'm gonna read it to you just for a second. And we're gonna make it available on the study guide so that you'll have it and you can start declaring. I've asked her for permission, so we're not stealing anything from her. She's given it to you so that you can do it every morning. I'm gonna just share a couple of them with you. She starts off with, the Lord is with me and gives me success in whatever I do. Come on. And she has scripture, Genesis 39, verse 23, that God's gonna give her success in everything she does that day. Interactions with her husband, interactions with her career, interactions with her hobbies, any kind of business, whether it has to do with praying for somebody or involvement with a friend, God's gonna give her success. Not, watch this, not does she feel successful, right? Because she may or may not feel successful, what does she know? That God is going to give her success. Give you a couple more, watch this. I cannot do it, but God can. Genesis 41, 16. I don't, I don't feel like I can make this happen. You can't, but God, what do you know? God can. The spirit of God is in me and people see that. Genesis 41, 38. I just don't really feel spiritual today. But what do you know? The spirit of God is in me. Come on, is this, this is good. I can go all day. The Lord is with me and I prosper. I don't feel prosperous. What do you know? The Lord is with you and you prosper. God has given me discernment and wisdom. I don't, I don't feel wise. But what do you know? That God has given me wisdom. Listen to me, family. As we continue to move forward and as we continue to, to go after all that God has for us and our family and our marriages and our careers, what we have to be careful of is being led by our feelings, right? And so how do we do that? We got to allow the promises of God to become an anchor for our soul. And I just want to give you a challenge right here. I'm doing it. My wife's doing it. I just told you Bree's doing it. Bree started it and we're giving it to the whole church. And here's what you're going to do. Every morning, you're going to wake up and you're going to start declaring what you know so that you can't be controlled by how you feel. Now, whether or not you decide to say the same declarations that we put on the study guide, that's up to you. You can add some, you can take some away. But listen to me, as we move forward, we will no longer be led by how we feel, but we will remember what we know and we will allow what we know to help us overcome how we feel. Isn't that good? I needed it. 
I hope you need it. Hey, I wanna pray for you. Before we do that, if you're watching, maybe this is your first time watching, maybe you've been watching for a while, and you would love to start a relationship with Jesus Christ. Scripture is very clear. It says you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth. Salvation is a gift and sanctification is a process. You can accept Christ as your Savior right now. All you have to do is pray and say, Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Be my Lord and Savior. And you can be saved. And whether you want more information on that or whether maybe you've been saved and you say, hey, talk about that sanctification process. I'd like to see, I'd like to know how to be discipled. We'd love to do that with you too. We'd love to come alongside you and just help you. Again, there'll be a number on the screen. If you'll just text VICTORY18 to that, we'll be able to connect with you and come alongside of you. We all need somebody to help us through this journey. Look, every day I'm getting help from people. This was help for me from Bree. I, I, I'd never done that before. Wake up and make these declarations, but I will never go a day without doing it again. Let's start declaring what we know and stop being led by how we feel. Can I pray for you? Father, we thank you right now for your word, that it's affirmation, that it's acceptance. God, that you just continue to love us. You continue just to show us how much you love us and how much you care about us. Lord, all the plans you have for us. And Father, we thank you. We thank you that your promises and your word are an anchor for our soul. And I pray over every person that's watching right now, whether they're watching in the morning, in the evening, whether they're watching weeks or months or years from now, I pray that what they would start doing is start remembering what they know and declaring it over their day every day. That they would no longer wake up and say, how do I feel today? Or wake up and allow the social media to decide or, or a conversation with their boss to decide. But they would wake up and say, I am blessed. I am called. I am a child of God with a mission from God that they would start declaring what they know so that they could have power over how they feel. Help us with that today. Show us your word, make it a revelation to us that we can begin to, again, steward our feelings and be led by your promises. Father, we thank you. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.